Let's jump into today's uh, message. Let me start here. How many of y'all have New Year's resolutions? How many of y'all do that? Let's see. You got some? All right. We got a few people. Now, generally, most of the times, we have a few goals, right? We got a few things, like as we look at a new year, that we want to change in 2024. Now, not to be a downer or anything like that, but you know what's interesting to me when it comes to New Year's resolutions, something that I've just noticed. Most of the time, our resolutions are kind of self-centered. They're kind of self-focused, okay? And it's just an observation. But you know how it goes. Most of the time when we're looking at the new year, we talk about losing weight or, you know, eating better, going to the gym, those types of things, or maybe keeping the house clean or getting out of debt or waking up earlier. I don't know. But sometimes, and most of the times, our goals as we look ahead tend to be more about us than anyone or anything else. So why am I bringing this up? Here's why I'm bringing this up. This message today kind of has a part one and a part two. So we're, we're, we're... we're in part one right now. And here's, here's what I want to say. The problem is when we make things mostly about us and not about God, right? We, we tend to pray to God as we look ahead to the new year about what God can do for us instead of maybe thinking about what we can do for him, right? It's true. We all do this. It's a lot of God bless me, God bring me, God help me, God make me, God take me. In 2024, like, this is what I need, God, God, would you provide? And if we're brutally honest with, with all of this, when we don't get what we ask for, when we don't get our resolutions and we're asking God for these things, like, we will blame God for not coming through. Like, I asked God for this, and he didn't. And preacher, I tried, but he didn't. And I don't, you know, it just, it, it's just a mess. Well, maybe, just maybe, maybe there's a better way to approach the new year and maybe there's a different angle than always going to God for what God can do for us. Maybe, maybe there's a different angle of where we go to God and ask God, what can I do for you? Right now, let me just push pause. And let me back up and say that there's nothing wrong with praying for God's blessing. God wants us. Jesus says to come to him, right? Like we're supposed to. That, of course. But if that's all we ever pray for, like if it's only selfish request, I'm just saying like maybe, maybe there's more to it. So what if in this new year we, we approach things a little differently and instead of asking him what he can do for us, what if we ask what can I do for you? Like how can I serve more? Like how can I bring you more honor? Like how can I glorify you more in school or at work or in my family like what would that look like because I think when you talk about the power to change like I think that that's what brings the change that we want to see happen in 2024 when we make it less about us and we make it more about him and this is this is what Jesus taught us right in fact let me share this scripture with you in Matthew 16 Jesus is teaching the disciples and he tells them this he says whoever wants to be my disciple what do you got to do you got to deny yourself And take up your cross and follow me. So this means like if you want to follow Jesus, Jesus was very blunt. He was very upfront. In fact, this verse was so important that not only Matthew wrote it down, but Mark and Luke both wrote it down. They're all looking at each other going, this sounds really important. Like we should all make sure this is in our memoir, right? Like let's make sure this gets out there because this seems to be the main thing. When we accept Christ and when we look to follow after him, it's less about us and it's more about him. It stops being about the disciple, and it starts being solely focused on Christ, right? And I think think that, like, whatever's going to happen this year, I I think that a new you, 
a better you, a more powerful you, a changed you, I think that that's found when we take the focus off ourselves and we place it where it needs to be, on Christ. So what if, what if, what if we approach this year denying ourselves, whatever that might mean for you, whatever that looks like in your life, and instead we're turning towards Jesus and we're looking at him and we're asking him, God, what does it mean for me in 2024? Like, what does it mean in this new year to follow your will? Because I think that if you do that, when we make the focus about him, that's where I think you find the power to make the changes that you're looking for. I think that you'll actually experience more in 24. And that's what we're after in this series. So to kind of get us into the series, that was kind of part one, to take the focus of ourselves, put it on Christ, to, to be able to have that power to make the changes. Now for part two of this message, I want to I launch into a selfless act that you can focus on. Okay, one that brings more power, one that will bring a change, not only in the lives of the people around you, but will change you as well, if and when you live this out. So what I want to do is I want to talk about sharing God's story. I want to talk about your willingness just to talk about God, just to have those conversations with people. And to get us into this topic, let, let me take you back to a time when Jesus was teaching the disciples and He's teaching them things like deny yourself, take up your cross. And every now and then he would just stop what he was saying and he would tell them what's going to happen. He would say things like, I'm teaching you all of this because one day I'm going to die. One day I'm going to have to go to the cross. I'm going to die. I'm going to be resurrected. And then I won't be here anymore. And I'll give the presence of the Holy Spirit. Like he's leading them into an understanding of what's going to happen. And, and whenever he did this, whenever he, he talked about his death and resurrection, the disciples didn't really get it. And they were like, come on, you can't be serious. And Jesus is like, no, 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 seriously. Like this is why I came. Like this is why I'm here. To pay the penalty for your sins so that you can be in the presence of God. It's just that important. So you know the story. He goes to the cross. He suffers an excruciating death. He comes back from the grave. And what do you think the disciples are doing? Like, like the, the, right when he comes back out of the grave or like while he's dead, do you think the disciples are out there sharing God's story and telling everybody, hey, don't worry about it. Like Jesus told us this was going to happen. Like it's okay. Let us tell you God's story. Let us tell you what's about to happen. They didn't, they didn't do that at all. In fact, let's read what they were doing after his death. In John chapter 20, it says this. That Sunday evening, right after, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid. They were afraid of the leaders. Why are they hiding? It's because they're scared. Why are they out there sharing God's story, filling everybody in? It's okay. This is what he told us was going to happen. Why weren't they more confident? Bring that forward to today. We know God's story, right? Not only do we know God's story, but we know the end. Like, we know the end of the Bible. Like, we know what's to come, right? Why aren't we more confident in out there sharing God's story? I think there's a lot of reasons, but I'll focus on two reasons that we're reluctant to share. If you got some message notes, you want to fill in some blanks, um, we'll start here. If you're with us online... I'm glad that you're with us online. You can find the Ridge app, and you can download the message notes there and follow along. But two things real quick, and we've talked about these things before. 
Uh, number one is because we feel like we don't know enough, right? We're reluctant to share, tell God's story because we just don't feel like we know enough. We're, we're so nervous somebody's going to ask us a question that we're not going to know the answer to, and it scares us to be put on the spot. And number two, we don't want to offend anybody, right? This goes along with our culture today. We don't want to appear pushy. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to get labeled, and there's a lot of reasons I focus on these two, but at the root of these and at the root of every excuse we could give for not sharing God's story and being confident about it, it goes back to fear. It goes back to being afraid. We're afraid we're going to look silly. We're afraid we're not going to get it right. In a lot of ways, we're kind of like the disciples at times, just hiding behind those locked doors. And you know what? I understand it. Like, I get it, this, this fear. Just because I'm a preacher, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that I glow when you turn on the lights, you know, or that my Bible hovers over my desk, you know, or that I miraculously catch every green light on Macon Road when I'm driving out. Although that did happen to me one time, and I was like, God is with me. <laughs> but I know what it's like. I, I, being a preacher is not always easy, and it's not always comfortable. And if I can be honest with you, when I was starting out in ministry, man, I was scared. I was very nervous. I've talked to you about my fear of public speaking and, you know, working through that. And, but I remember when I was starting out, fresh out of seminary, being placed in a large church and having those opportunities to stand up in front of people or even just to pray. I was scared to pray out loud in front of people. And this was after seminary. I remember one time, the, the, the first time I was, I was invited to this older adult Sunday school class. And they brought in the new associate preacher to meet him. And I'm, I'm like 26. I'm brand new, fresh out. And I'm in this class situation. And they asked me to pray. And I am scared to death to pray in front of this group of people. And what makes things worse is that the night before, I had just watched Meet the Parents. Y'all remember Meet the Parents? <laughs> Do y'all remember his prayer in Meet the Parents? And so halfway through, and I can't help it, it's just like it was on my mind. So halfway through, I'm like, God, thank you for this class. And God, just day by day, oh, dear Lord, three things I pray. To see thee more clearly, to love thee more dearly, to follow thee more nearly, day by day. Amen. And they all said, amen. <laughs> and luckily for me, they were too old to have seen Meet the Parents, and they didn't. They, didn't, they don't remember God's spell. But anyway, um, I remember those situations where I'm like, I'm nervous. Why am I nervous? Why am I so nervous? And this is after seminary. I think we allow that fear sometimes that we have. When it comes to sharing God's story, talking about God being used by God to overwhelm us at times. But I want to I point out a few things that happened to the disciples that made the difference and gave them the power to change. Now, we're going to talk about the power to change in 2024 and what God wants to do and following his will in your life. And I want you to know that you can use everything that we're going to talk about today to any area that God wants to use in your life, okay? Whatever area you want to see change in life, you can apply all of this. But today we're going to talk about our willingness to share God's story, okay? Let's keep reading the story and let's see what happened to the disciples. And remember now, the disciples are hiding behind the locked doors, scared to death. And then it says this, suddenly, suddenly, out of nowhere, Jesus is standing among them. Suddenly, Jesus just bypasses the locked door. He's in their very presence. 
And then he says these words. He says, peace be with you, peace be with you. In other words, everybody chill out, okay? Stop being scared. Don't worry, I told you this was going to happen. Calm down, it's okay. And all of a sudden, after this moment and being in the presence of Jesus, right, they go from being timid and scared to being bold, to being courageous, to being extremely evangelistic. Woman, they're hiding behind locked doors. The next moment, they're out there boldly proclaiming God's story, trying to change the world. And Peter, Peter is the best example of this. He is the best example of a change in this area. And the reason I say that is because just a few chapters earlier, Peter denied knowing Jesus. How many times did Peter deny knowing Jesus? Y'all know? Three. Three times, right? Three times he goes from denying Jesus before the rooster crows. But after being in the presence, y'all, there is something about being in the presence of Jesus Christ that changes you. Are you in his presence? Are you taking the time to be in the presence of Christ? Because this gave them the power to change. And the change was overwhelming. You could not shut Peter up. And they tried. The religious, Peter, uh, the religious people of that time, they tried to arrest him. They tried to put him in jail. In fact, they did put him in jail overnight. He gets out of jail. He's still out there preaching. In fact, not only is he preaching... He is healing people in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name and the presence of Jesus, and he is, using, he is tapping into that power to bring change not only to his life, but to the lives of other people. And he tells this guy to get up and walk. And then these guys, the leaders are so upset, they're like, we can't have this guy out there being so bold about Jesus. And so they bring Peter in. And they ask Peter, they said this, in Acts chapter 4, after he's healed this guy, he says, by what power? Where where are you getting this power from? To speak this bolt, to, to, to heal? Like, what, what's going on? By what power, in whose name have you done this? And then Peter, the same guy that denied knowing Jesus to a little girl around the campfire, right? He boldly proclaims the message of the gospel in front of these people that wanted to have him locked up. He says this, he stands up in front of everybody, no fear. He's like, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Like, why, are you, what, what is this even, why is this such a big deal? This guy can walk, this is amazing, it's all through the power of Jesus. He says, do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but God raised from the dead. Again. This just blows my mind. This guy goes a couple of chapters before to denying Christ, to boldly proclaiming his name. Well, you know what? You know one of the things I think we can learn about this in this story? Here's one thing I think we can take, is that we speak boldly about what we believe in deeply. Let me, let me say that again. We speak boldly about what we believe in deeply. And everybody does this. You do this all the time. You speak boldly about what you believe in deeply. It's just, a, it's just we do it with other things in life. You know, I, I love it when Columbus gets a new restaurant. I try not to go for the first month when we get a new restaurant because all y'all are there, okay? I know, it's packed, lying around the building, out in the road. But when you go and you experience, man, if you love it, man, you're out there telling people, right? You speak boldly because you believe in it deeply. Or, or maybe you've just watched, we're, we're in the 
award season and Oscars and all this stuff. And maybe you just watched a movie and it's up for the Oscar. And you, you tell people about it because you love it. You speak boldly because you, you feel deeply about this. Or maybe you had New Year's Day off and instead of doing anything productive, you binged watched an entire season of something and you were like, oh my goodness, it was amazing. And you tell everybody about it because you speak boldly about what you believe in deeply, which makes me wonder. If we're not talking about God, if we're not, if we're not sharing his story, if he's not a part of our conversations, what does that say about what we believe? And think about that in 2024. As we move ahead, can we really say that we believe deeply? It's just a thought. Let's go back to this story of Peter standing in front of the religious leaders because he just keeps going like he can't. He believes deeply in this message. He's been in the presence of Jesus. It has changed him. So he just keeps talking. Have you ever been in one of those situations where somebody is telling you what they think, right, and what they believe, and you're like, ooh, sooner or later they're going to take this conversation too far and they're going to step over the line. And that is exactly what Peter does, and he does not care. Verse 12. He says this, he makes this proclamation for the gospel. He says, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And there it is. The only way to heaven, the only way to know God is through his son, Jesus Christ, and what his son came to do. That's the gospel message that was proclaimed then. That's what we proclaim here at the Ridge. There is no other way. And you think that that's offensive to say now in some company? Man, Back then, and he's standing in front of these leaders who believe something else, but these leaders, when they hear him speaking boldly about God's story, check out how this impacts them. It, it says this. It says, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men who had been with Jesus. Now, let's... Let's go back to that question of whether or not we ever really talk about God or how often we talk through God's story. And, and let me ask you this, because um, I love this. They were amazed when they saw the boldness. What, what would people say about you? Just think about this as we move into the year. Would people say that they are amazed by your boldness and how bold you are for Christ? What your life says, what your words say, the way that you act in front. Would people be amazed at your bold? In fact, let's, let's try to quantify this. I, I put this on your message notes, just a little uh, blank there. On a scale of 1 to 10, how amazed do you think people are at your boldness? And you don't have to write anything down because I know some of y'all don't want to write any numbers down because somebody's like, you're afraid somebody's going to be looking over your shoulder, like looking at your blank. And say, well, if they put a 7, I'm going to put an 8. You know, that, not, nothing like that. Um, but just think through it yourself like what would you rank yourself and just kind of take that thought with you maybe maybe not put a 10 because jesus is a 10 you know none of us are 10s but i don't know maybe you are but maybe you're high maybe you're seven or eight how do you know that if you're high on the scale it's, it's everybody knows who you are as a follower of christ like they know that if you go into the gym and you're on the treadmill and they get on the treadmill next to you there's going to be a god conversation in there somewhere right you're constantly inviting people to church you even got a prayer list of people that you're praying for and you're praying about sharing god's message maybe that's you maybe maybe you're on the lower end of the scale how do you know if you're on the lower end of the scale maybe Maybe you've never really had a conversation about God. Maybe you don't really pray for others or, you know, when it comes to your coworkers, maybe you're not even sure if anybody knows you're a Christian. 
Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to be negative here. I'm just trying to get us to think about this area of our life as we move into the new year. And you know what? Let's, let's, also, let's also acknowledge the fact that sometimes it's different for different stages of life. Sometimes we're better at sharing God's story than we are in one stage than we are in other stages. And this happened to me a little while back. I, I remember a little while back, somebody moved in down the road from me, and I met him, and we had a great conversation. And he's married, has kids, and, you know, and, I, and then I had a couple more conversations. And then about a month later, he comes up to me, and he goes, are you the preacher? And I was like, yeah, am I glowing? Like, no. Nah. Nah. Anyway, um, it didn't work at the first service either. Um, but he goes, are you the preacher? And I was like, yeah, didn't I, didn't I tell you that? And he said, no, the neighbor, the other neighbor told me that you were the preacher. And it really struck me because normally, normally my conversation with somebody new is that I'm Jimmy. I'm married to Shannon. We have two wonderful kids. And I'm the pastor at the Ridge. And we'd love to have you come join us on Sunday. But I didn't do it that time. Why? Why not? And so I just use that as an example to say, you know, it's good to just evaluate ourselves every now and then just to see where we are. And for me, I saw that I was slacking a little bit. I need to pick this up. I need to pray for more power to change in this area so that I can share more effectively for God. And so that brings up the question, how do we gain more power? How do we bring the power? How do we gain more power to make the changes we want to see in 2024? Like I said, these points can apply to anything, but we're going to talk about using God's story. But two simple thoughts from Acts chapter 4 that I want to leave you with today. How to gain the power to change. Number one is this. Take more time. Take time. Take time. Take time to be with Jesus, to be in his presence. We're praying, that means we're listening, we're communicating, we're in his word. We are taking the time to be with him. And this is so important because this is what actually changed the disciples, right? This is what made the change happen. Look at Acts 4.13, this verse down here. I know it's small print, but I'm going to read it for you. This is back to those rulers. It said that they could see that they were ordinary men. Peter and John, they were just ordinary men. Now, now the Greek translation for ordinary, the, the Greek word for ordinary is idiota. Do you know what word we get from idiota? Idiots. That's right. Yeah. So if we redid this in the King Jimmy version, it might be they could see that they were just idiots with no special training, right? Which kind of cracks me up. But it's not that harsh in the Greek. It actually is translated ordinary men. But the reason I bring that up, that is where we get that word from. But if you've ever felt like just a common, ordinary idiot when it comes to sharing about God, not really knowing how to do it. Good news, God specializes in using ordinary people. That's what he wants. So Peter and John, they could tell, man, there's no special training with these guys. I mean, these are just, these are just normal guys, but where did their power came from? Their power came from having been with Jesus. Let me ask you as you move into the new year. How often do you spend time with Jesus? Like, how much do you give him? You know, when I don't spend the time I need with Christ, I don't change. I don't see the change that I need. Things impact me more. I'm more negative. I, I care too much about things that I don't need to care about at all. But when I take the time to be with Jesus, when I read his word, when I pray a bit, man, it adjusts my attitude 
And during the day, man, I'm thinking more about God. I'm praying more to God throughout the day. I'm asking God, like it's not just self-centered, but it's God, how can you, how can I glorify you in this moment, right? And I gain confidence. I gain the power that I need. So maybe in this new year, ask yourself, when, when you're going through this, just like, how am I, how am I in the presence of God? Am I in the presence of God each and every day? It'll change you. And then the second thing is very simple. Number two is just to ask Jesus. Ask Jesus. And I know this is simple, but trust me, it works. God will hear your prayer if you ask him. You just got to ask him. God, give me your power today. How often, let me just ask you, how often do you pray for God's power? Like, how often do you ask him? I'd venture to say not enough. God is up there. Ask and you will receive. We know this in scripture where Jesus says these things. The problem is we're not asking for it. That's why we're not seeing the change that we want to see, right? And I love back to this story of Peter and John when they are in the presence of these rulers, these people that could end their life and put them in jail. Do you know what they prayed? Here was their prayer. They said this. They said, and now, O Lord, hear their threats, those rulers, And give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. I love this. They weren't praying, save us from this, Jesus. Take us away from this. We'll never do this again. Trust me, we've learned our lesson. No, no, no. What they're doing in the middle of this situation is they're praying for more boldness. They're praying for more power. I'm just wondering, like, would would I have done that? So you want to see a change this year? Man, get in his presence. Make sure you're spending time with him. And number two, ask him. Just ask him for more power. He wants to bring the change you're looking for. So now let me go back to this idea of us sharing our faith. Do you know there are probably people in your life that you love who don't know the grace of Jesus, who don't have the benefits of an amazing church family like here, And let's be honest, right now it's not too late to share with them. One day it will be, but right now it's not. So so maybe this year, as we look into 2024, who can you pray for? Who can you try to share God's story with? Don't hide behind a locked door. Don't be afraid and wonder, what if I mess up? What will they think? What if I don't? What if, what if, what if? Don't let fear overwhelm me. I think a better question is, what if I don't? Y'all, the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive and he is with us. So let's learn from Peter, who is just an ordinary person, but filled with God's spirit. You know, that's what I want to be said about this church. You know, ordinary people, but filled with the power of the spirit, powerful in our faith, people who speak boldly because we believe deeply. And what we believe is that this Jesus, Jesus is the name above all names. He's the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the truth and the life, the living water, the savior who died and rose again and the one who is coming one day. You want more in 24? Share his story. Be willing to spend time in his presence and ask him for more power. And you'll see the change that you're looking for. Let's pray together. God, I just ask that you would give us, your followers, right here, right now, everyone in this place, your power. God, we ask for it. 
God, we, we give up what we want, our desires, and what we want is to boldly follow the one who gave up his life for us. So Jesus, in this new year, would you make us even more bold in your spirit? Help us to center our lives, our day around you, seeking you. God, give us a heart for the people that are far from you. Give us the eyes to see the needs of the people around us. And God, whenever it's needed, God, just give us the courage we need to take that next step of faith and grow more in 24. God, just fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your power and make us bold. And Jesus, I pray that if there are anybody here this morning that hasn't given their heart to you yet, that this would be the year that they begin a relationship with you. What a better way to start off a new year than by praying to accept Jesus on the first Sunday. So if that's you and you want to give your heart to Christ, pray this with me and say, Jesus, I don't understand everything, but I do know that you love me, that you have a plan for me. Please forgive me. Come into my heart and help me serve you more. God, make this church bold. Make us a strong witness for you, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen.